right there. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We give God praise. We give him glory. We give him honor tonight. Uh, this is Pastor Lester Hayes coming at you tonight. Amen. Uh, I'll be your speaker tonight. Amen. I'd like to welcome all of you tonight. Uh, going to be, uh, again, talking a little bit more about wisdom tonight. Amen. Uh, i got just a couple of scriptures I want to share with you. I'm going to try to finish early because we have some people, I think, that want to subscribe. And uh, we want to better leave a lot of time so we can kind of give them some guidance on how to uh, subscribe to our, our, our podcast and, and everything. So we'll kind of give you these four or five scriptures and kind of get finished kind of early, get your comments, special prayer requests so we can get them in. So let's just go ahead and get into this. Just open with prayer tonight and uh, get into this. I'd like to welcome all of you to the uh, wisdom call would ask you tonight to take this word and this is a very important word about wisdom that we've been teaching on uh, all of our ministers across the board our pastors and uh, I'm going to just kind of share some things tonight about wisdom and I think it'll be a blessing to you please share it don't hesitate I had some people call and ask for it so obviously it must be important to people amen everybody want that that wisdom that infinite wisdom that, that you know that divine wisdom that knowledge because uh, people want to know what to do during these critical times that we're living in. I'm just so overjoyed tonight because there was a Supreme Court decision today uh, for, you know, something that people have been praying for and expecting for a, a while now. Uh, they blocked a couple of the president's uh, decisions not to release his tax returns and some other financial statements. So that's off the table now. So he's not going to be able to cover and hide that anymore. So. God is draining that swamp. We've been praying for that for a while. And so I heard the, uh, the chief justice today said, no man is above the law. Hey, man, I tell you, we've been praying for those words right there. Now, it was a wise decision, I believe, that they made. So we're going to see how these new investigations are going to go. And I'm telling you, when God told us back in 2015 that I am going to drain the swamp, he didn't put a date on it. He just said he was going to drain it. So we've seen it drain, we're seeing it continue to drain. And I don't wish ill on anybody, but I do believe no man is above the law. Amen. And so I, I just have a, a, a thing about lawmakers being the biggest lawbreakers, and we're seeing up those uh, empires coming down. You know, nobody's a king in this country. And if you are a king, God still hold you, hold the king in the palm of his hand and turn it whatsoever he will. I'm still praying for the man's soul to be saved and all those who are like him and support him to be saved. Amen. Because they're really lost to the, to the things of God. Amen. So we pray for them because the Bible tells us to, and it's wise to do that. But amen. Let's pray tonight and get into this word tonight. Like I said, I'm not going to keep you long. Uh, so let's just pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debt as we forgive our debt to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Holy Ghost, we ask you tonight to just take control uh, tonight of the teaching. We ask you to speak to the people of God tonight. We ask you to minister to us tonight from a standpoint of wisdom and, and to give us examples that us see it in the Word tonight, how wisdom works in a life of a believer and we may be able to draw some lessons from it tonight. Open it up, show it to us tonight. Uh, amen. That we may be able to see not only a person that's living by wisdom and word, but also indeed and so we thank you for those examples that we shall see in the word tonight. And Lord, we pray tonight in the name of Jesus that we will be wiser at the end of this call. As we get off this call tonight, that we will be wiser than a serpent. That we will be 
uh, wise to the infinite wisdom of God. We'll be wise to the divine wisdom of God. And we receive right now through prayer the spirit of wisdom tonight and knowledge and understanding, Lord God, as we go forth from this call on tonight. Speak to all those out there on our podcast tonight, Cashbox, Crossbeam, all those that are out there that have joined us tonight. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that this word will minister and speak to them, that they'll be able to make wise decisions going forward. Lord God, and we thank you for it now. We praise you for it now. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. I want to turn over to the book of Acts real quick, chapter 6, and uh, look at verse 10. We were there this morning. We're going to pick up from there and finish up our argument and our case tonight. Uh, you know, I think it'll be a blessing to you. And what we want to take a look at tonight, we kind of like dealing with this uh, question about how does a natural man become a spiritual man? And it takes God's wisdom to be able to do that, to make that transition. And we want to look at this example that we touched on this morning. Uh, one verse uh, it talks about this example, and you'll be able to see and identify with him when we when we go here and talk about it. But I want to take a you know a, a platform scripture tonight that I'm going to teach from uh, verse number ten. But I want to actually go over verses eight through verse fifteen and just kind of lay out uh, an example of a natural man that was transformed into a spiritual man and kind of see how he applied that infinite wisdom, that divine wisdom that God had given him, how he used the spirit of wisdom to be able to deal with some very persecuting, difficult times, sort of like the things we're going through right now, and some of us will probably go through worse things to come because we're Christian. We will suffer some things for Christ's sake, and we need the wisdom of God, especially as we move through these evil days. Uh, we need the wisdom of God to be able to redeem the time because the days are evil. And so we want to kind of draw some lessons from this uh, young man. Uh, everybody know him as Stephen. Amen. He was stoned to death. He was the one that Jesus stood up when, when Stephen cried out as they were stoning him in the pit. And he said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that was a wise thing to do. It was so it was so imitating Jesus Christ, man, that it caused the Lord to get up pay attention to what he said and what he was doing. So let's go here to the book of Acts chapter 6, and uh, let's just look at verse 10. We'll, we'll preface what we're going to say right there, and then we'll jump up to verse 8 and walk through these scriptures and kind of lay out this, this lesson tonight. Verse 10 of the 6th chapter of the book of Acts says this, And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. And we're talking about Stephen here. Amen. Stephen was one of those people when Paul and them was busy bodies in the church, you know, and the Lord spoke to them and said, pick out seven people that are full of the wisdom and full of Holy Ghost and full of power and put them in charge, Paul, and you let them do that and y'all go study the word so you can uh, figure out what your calling is. And they went and prayed and continued in the word and they came back and the people said that they spoke with the tongue of the learned, amen, and there were thousands of souls added to the body of Christ because they lent themselves to the study of the word. And they passed on all the other responsibilities. And Stephen happened to be a deacon uh, at, out of that group. But he was full of the Holy Ghost and full of wisdom and full of power. And there was a lot of jealousy about Stephen. When you're walking in the wisdom of God, there will generate some jealousy, you know, because people going to want to try to know how you so wise. Where did you get all this knowledge from? Amen. And if God gives it to you, he gives it to you for a purpose. And we see this with Stephen right here. So let's jump back up here to verse 8. And I want you to think about this. When you take a natural man and transform him into a spiritual man, 
God's intent is for that man or that woman or that person or persons to be a model Christian or a model man or a model woman. And we need more role models in this day and age, not only athletes and not only, you know, track stars and, and, and gymnasts and tennis players and, you know, musicians and, and rappers. We need some model men and women after the wisdom of God, after the knowledge of Christ. You know, some, some real model men and women, full of wisdom, full of the Spirit of God, where it's just like uh, uh, Stephen here, and it says, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the Spirit by which he spake. These are the kinds of men and women that we need in the pulpit. These are the kind of men and women we need proclaiming the good news of the gospel, that they not only have the word in their mouth, but they have the life to back it up. They live the word that they preach and teach. And Stephen was like that, and he was a deacon. He was an ordained deacon, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the power of God, full of the wisdom of God. And people began to, they couldn't resist it. It was so powerful when he spoke. They took heed. So let's look at verse 8 and think in terms of this natural man now becomes a model spiritual man because of the wisdom of God, because of the Spirit of God that was in him. Look at verse 8, and it says, And Stephen, full, I love that word, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people, among the people. And so this man was full of grace and full of power, and he was doing great works for God. So when you've gone from being a natural man to a spiritual man, you should be full of something that that that's characteristic of God. And right here it tells you, man, that he was full of grace, full of power, and he did great works. So there ought to be some evidence, amen, when you are full of wisdom, full of the wisdom of God, and you have gone from being a, just a natural man and being a spiritual man, there should be some evidence, there should be some proof. You should be a model man or a model woman, especially among the brethren, among the believers, the congregation of the, of, of the saints. And goes on in verse 2 here, he says, Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of of the Libertines and Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and of them of uh, Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And so I love this. When you're full of the wisdom of God, you don't have to just, just debate with anybody. You don't have to dispute anybody. You just say what does say the Lord. You just say what the Holy Ghost gives you to say. And look at what happens. He was able to defend the faith. This is, this is our number one responsibility, to defend the faith. That's it. We don't have to get in an argument about it. Just defend the faith. And how do you defend the faith? How does faith come? By the word of God. The word we preach is the word of faith. And so all of our answers, all of our responses, always should be the word of God. That's the wisest thing to do to defend the faith. It's all, if you don't know an answer, just tell them I'll get back with you. Don't get into a debate. Get too much over to sharing your opinion and what you think and, you know, and what you heard and all of that. Remember, our job is to defend the faith. We, we have to have the wisdom of God to do that because faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so that word of faith we preach answers all things. And as we see here with Stephen, he defended the faith against all of these here great minds here. These, these were historians. They had a little bit of wisdom. They had a little bit of knowledge, but it was worthy wisdom. We're going to look at that in a minute. And he goes on here in verse number 10 again, and it says, And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. You know, too many religious folks sometimes, you find them in church, you 
know, and, you know, you get a young man, a young woman, man, they pastoring, they teaching, they preaching, or you've had a, a rough history, and people know your history and all of that, and God done saved you and took away your drug habit and took away your alcohol habit and healed you from cancer and all of that, and now you testifying and you preaching and teaching for God, and they looking at you, man, remembering who you used to be, or they looking at you saying they too young, you know, they ain't been at it long enough, they don't have enough experience, amen, but you know, you're going to be surrounded by those kind of people. But you can't be shaken by that. You can't, you can't let that, uh, you know, stop you from defending the faith. That, that's where the wisdom of God comes in at, you know. Don't, don't, you know, ha- you have to avoid those situations and those circumstances. You don't even need to get into those kinds of, of situations with people. And, you know, uh, those who, who heard him knew that they couldn't resist that wisdom. But guess what they started to do? Reject it. When, 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 when people cannot understand the wisdom, the level of wisdom that you, you speak in, you operate in, you live in, you know, you're making wise decisions, well-informed decisions, you're using the word to solve your problems and everything, especially when it comes down to spiritual matters, you know, people, man, will reject you. They'll reject your witness. So expect that. Expect that. I've had people, man, I've shown them in the Bible a scripture that they were looking for. And they still rejected it. They still didn't want to believe it. I've actually had people like that. Show it to me in the Bible. And you show it to them in the Bible, and they're like, well, I just don't believe that. Well, I didn't put it there. That's God's word. So you need to be prepared to expect all of this. We need to be prepared. You know, I'm not telling you got to be. I'm just telling you need to be because there will be those out there that will reject you because if they didn't find it first, if they didn't learn it first, you know, they've been in church, man, 50 years and, here you come, man, and you know your stuff, you know, you know where it's at in the chapter, the book, the first, and you quote that to them or you show that to them, and they like, well, I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see that in my Bible. I done read the Bible three or four times. They will reject you just for that reason, you know. And so I'm telling you this so that you will be wise when you deal with people like that, not to argue with them, not to debate with them, you know, slam them, you know, just understand they're just not where you're at. They're just unwise to the scriptures. Amen. And so they're, they're, they will reject your witness. You know, this is, this is what Stephen was up against. And then in verse 11, he says this. Now think of Stephen as an example of a, of, a, of a man that had so much wisdom that they could not resist it, you know. 11, he says, Then they suborn men, okay, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And so this particular person here took it to another level okay he stood against Stephen with fierce opposition and so there's always going to be other levels of opposition in other words you know you get a little false prophet come to town man and you know and 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 and, and you know your false prophet you know she's a false prophetess and you know and, and and somebody might ask you what do you think about you know this prophet this or that prophet you don't have to attack them but I always tell people if they're not prophesying the scripture that has been foretold, the Bible said they're false prophets. You know, they're not prophesying what's written. I'm not saying they're false prophets. I'm just saying what the word says. And there may be strong opposition. There's some strong opposition out there right now. You know, I got a, I read a, 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 a text yesterday. Somebody said, I knew they, I knew what they were trying to say. I didn't even respond to it. You know, unless you dress it to me particularly. I don't read between no lines. I don't assume you're talking to me unless you put my name on it. You know, I don't just respond to stuff. You ain't going to go on no fishing expedition with me. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to debate with you. 
But unless you put my name on it, personally sending it to me, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it ain't for me. You know, it ain't for me. And if you if you if you're not a coward, you can you can challenge me. You can you can you can hit me up. You can call me. You can use my name. You can say Pastor Hayes. You know, because if I got some communication for you, I'm gonna make sure it's directly to you. I ain't mad at you. I ain't upset at you. You might know more than I know in the Bible. You know. But if you prophesying something that ain't backed up by the word, the Bible says you're a false prophet. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a false preacher, you're a false teacher. I'm just saying what the word says over in, in, in First Peter. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I didn't even respond to it today, not because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, know what to do. It just it didn't have my name on it, and it could have been to anybody. Even though, if I assume, I can say what well, that was for me, but I ain't read between no lines. I don't have to. You know. Because I don't read between the lines when I send you a message. I make it direct. I tell you who I'm talking to, who I'm communicating to, you know. And so, you know, and so we see right here, man, you know, this person opposed him. It was a fierce opposition, you know. And look at what happened here. It says, um, and then when, when this word suborn men here, in other words, they were trying to bribe these people. You know, misery love company. And mm-hmm. sometimes when you've got one person... They try to get a few more people. Y'all seen it before. You know, you got this deacon, and he tried to get other deacons, and you got the little brotherhood, and they try to get other brothers, and they try to start stuff in the church, divide the church. Uh, I remember once, and I won't call the name of the church. I was at the seat there, and and uh, all of a sudden, this one guy went around after I spoke, you know, had his little, his, his, little, his little Masonic brothers in there, man, and I ain't knocking them. The little brotherhood, and they was in there checking me out. And after all that powerful word, you're going to come up to me at the end and whisper to me, you were just too long. <laughs> you know, you were just too long. I said, man, that's all you can say. Yeah, I was too long. I should have preached eight or nine hours up in here to, to get some of y'all free, get some of y'all delivered, you know. And then all of a sudden, here come all the little brothers. They, here they come too. Somebody, well, we were going, we were thinking about bringing you back, but we decided that that's probably not a good idea. I said, amen. That's why I preach like I preach, because if it's my first visit or my last visit, it ain't going to matter. You're going to hear what does say the Lord, you know. And so, you know, Stephen, you know, is it, it, kind of the example. And, you know, sometimes people will bribe people to try to get them to go along with them. We see a lot of bribery going on right now in our government. There's bribery going on in the church, you know. So it, 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 it's here because it's right there with Stephen. He had to deal with it. So we're going to see a little bit of that, amen, especially when they don't want to just flat out believe what you're saying. But look at this example, man, of this model man up against all of this opposition, all of these people. He's defending the faith because he's full of wisdom. And it goes on there in verse 12, and it says, And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council. Now, here we go. <clears throat> these people were leaders, okay, stirred up some stuff against the man. You know, he's just doing God's will. He's a deacon. He's just doing God's will. And they had him arrested and put on trial. That ain't happened to any of us yet, but let's be prepared for it if it does. You know, I pray that it don't happen. But, you know, we can't be ashamed of the gospel. That's why uh, we need to make sure that we give in the word of God and we're not just saying stuff. You know, because we have to be able to defend the faith. You know, because sometimes people can, can mis- mistake your words and twist them around and so we, we need to be able to go back and say, no, this is what I said right here because that's what's in the Word. That ain't my Word. That's God's Word, and I'm a preacher of the gospel, you know. And so be be very guarded when you when you make statements or when you say things because sometimes people can get you for slander and all kinds of stuff, you know. So 
So we have to be able to make sure we give in the word. That's what Stephen did. And so these people, these leaders, they stirred up some stuff. Sort of like with Jesus. They stirred up some stuff with Jesus, marched into the city, man. They sung Hosanna, Hosanna, and all of a sudden they changed the same people. Crucify him, crucify him. Because one person stirred up some stuff in the crowd, then another person jumped in, they bribed the people. Y'all want for robbers to be free. You know, it's just a mess. It's the same kind of spirit we see today, man. You know. And it's out there, but we need to be able to defend the faith regardless. We need to be able to model man and a model a woman of God in these situations. If it hadn't happened yet, it probably will happen. Amen. But we're going to be ready for it nevertheless. Because we got this good example right here. Verse 13, he says, and set up false witnesses which said, this man ceases not to speak blasphemous words against the holy place and the law. Okay. Now, he was falsely accused here. If you go back and look at what Stephen said, that's nothing but what happened to him. That's nothing but his testimony. It's all about God. It's all about the word of God, you know. And they're going to call him blasphemous words against the holy place. You know, he was falsely accused. Some of us are going to be falsely accused. Some of us are already being falsely accused. We've had people, man, for years called us a cult because we're an denomination. You've got to be a denomination. No, we don't. Bob don't say nothing in about we have to be no denomination. But there are people think we're a cult because we're non-denomination. And I could look at them and say, well, you ain't in the Bible. The Bible don't call you by the name you gave yourself, 4,200 different names out there. The Bible don't call, don't address that name. It says you, that you are a cult. And it says stay away from the old cult, you know. And so we're just preaching and teaching sound doctrine, you know. You know, we're just full of power, full of the Holy Ghost, you know, full of wisdom that God has given us, spirit of wisdom and knowledge that God has given us. And he said that, you know, they falsely accused him, accused him of blasphemy against the temple, the holy place of God, in the law. I don't see how in the man his whole conversation is about the law, you know. And then verse 14 it says, But we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered to us. He wasn't talking about, no, he was talking about if you destroy him, he's going to raise himself back up, but God the Father going to raise him back up in three days. See how ignorant they are, man, to the truth. You have people out there, man, that are ignorant. That's why we target immature Christians who try to be somebody that they're not, and the immature Christians who are not somebody that they should be. And then you got the prodigals ain't got time for nothing. They just out there living it up until all their money's spent. And you got the backslider say, I've had enough of this thing, this, this church thing about Jesus of Nazareth. I don't want to hear nothing else about him. You know, it ain't working for me. And they leave and go try something else. You know, they try their hand at something else. You know, and then you got those who are just lost. You know, I don't know nothing about Jesus. They don't know that he's the only name by which making me say. But see, Stephen knew this when they heard him speak. I loved it. All that Stephen went through, you see levels of persecution here. You see levels of things, opposition, fierce opposition, doing him in jail, falsely accusing. Look at the litany of things that they did to this man because he had wisdom that they couldn't resist. But when you start walking in the wisdom of God, being a, a spiritual man transformed from being a natural man, you can expect some bumpy roads. You can expect some turbulence. Some of you probably already experiencing it now. I'm not saying this to generate fear. I'm just warning you and forewarning you what to expect. Because the more you deal with the word, the more wisdom that God is going to give you. It's 
just a natural thing that's going to happen spiritually. Now let's go over here to verse 15, and this is, and we're going to transition here. And it says in verse 15, the 6th chapter, okay, of the book of Acts, and all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. You know, so here this man, he's a man of great communion with God and with the Holy Ghost until it even showed up on his countenance. You know, sometimes people ought to be able to look at you and see the glory. <clears throat> and see the glory of God on you. You know, it happens when you spend time in the presence of God. You know, I've had many people say sometimes about people, it's just something different about them. Some of you, I've had people say, I don't know what it is, but it, when I'm around them, it's just something different. I feel different. There's just something about them. You know, it's that communion you have with the Holy Ghost. You know, it, it precedes you. I've had people say that about my wife and I. You know, you guys just don't look like that. Like like what? You know, like who you say you are. You know, well, how do we look? You just look different. Y'all just don't look your age. You don't look this. You don't look that. You know, it's just something. And here this man is, you know, he was surrounded. This is important now. He was surrounded by the Lord's presence. That's the same thing that God does for us as we begin to indulge ourselves and engulf ourselves in the wisdom of God and learn this word and become full of this word. And this word, man, starts to grow in us and we start to grow in this word. It will change your countenance. It'll show up on your countenance. And then once you open your mouth, they cannot resist. Whoever hears you will not be able to resist the wisdom that God has put in you if it's his word. That's why we say hide it in our hearts that we don't sin against God. I think the, the, the challenge is, and I won't say the problem, but I think the challenge is, uh, Pastor Sharon, is a thing called understanding. You know, we have to understand what we possess. You know, we have to understand the wisdom that we possess from God. We have to understand it. Because if we don't understand it, if we don't get understanding, when these oppositions come, these fierce oppositions, you know, when we are rejected, when we are accused of when people want to arrest us, throw us in jail and say, you said this and I was offended. False accusation. You know, all these things are subject to happen at any time, unexpected, suddenly. And we got to be ready. We got to be able to defend the faith. That's why I always tell you, make sure when you share in the scripture, you give the book, you give the chapter, and you give the verse. And it helps sometimes to tell what translation you got it out of. Because you never know when you might have to defend what you said. And if God is hearing you, that's, that's the only reason I do it is because I want God to hear me because I'm going to need him to defend me. I'm defending the faith and I need him to defend his word that I gave. And he would do that. He did it for Stephen. He stood up and saw him being mortared. First time he'd ever heard anybody on earth to have that kind of faith. And say, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Some of us might might end up that way. We don't know. We pray and hope not. But this is what we're dealing with. And the wisdom of God is what prepares us for that. You know, pray it never happens to anyone like it happened to Stephen. But we have a wonderful example here, you know, of what to do if it does happen. You know, and it's the understanding what we're up against. It's the understanding uh, that the, 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 the world out here is is. is it's unwise, foolishly unwise to the things of God. 
And Jesus said that their wisdom is foolish to him anyway. Anyway, you know. So let's look at this, this word understanding real quick, uh, because we say it a lot uh, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15. You know, just one verse, and then we're going to give you a few more verses, and I'm finished for the night. Uh, this is in the first book of Corinthians, chapter 14, verse 15. I want you to think in terms of understanding what we just saw with Stephen. We saw a lot right there. We saw we saw a lot of levels of different things that happened to him. But what we saw most important was that they could not resist his wisdom, the way he spake. Going through all of that, the man never changed the message. He never changed. He never changed. He kept it real. He, he said what? was written, went to the grave with that. It pleased Jesus, though. Here we go. Uh, first, book, of first, book of First Corinthians, chapter 14, verse 15, King James Bible. Isn't that what it says? What is it then? Question is asked here. I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also, and I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with understanding also. So this is so important that when I'm singing with the Spirit, when I'm singing or whatever I'm doing, speaking by the Spirit, I have to do it with understanding. Here is how I tell people. Give you a layman definition that will help you here. I tell people this. If God can't use what you're getting ready to say, don't say it. Scripture say we should study to be quiet anyway when we don't have nothing to say. There was a time sometimes to speak and communicate. There's a time sometimes not to say anything. Jesus did that profoundly. Stephen did that profoundly. And when it's time to speak, ask the Holy Ghost to give you what to say. And when you do it, do it by the Spirit. Whether you're singing, whether you're preaching, whether you're teaching, do it by the Spirit, you know. But there are times when you don't have to say nothing because it's on your countenance and it speaks louder than anything you could say. Most of the time, people remember 80% of what you did and forget the 20% of what you said. That's why the Lord said, don't be a forgetful here over in the book of James, but be a doer of the work. Because people are paying attention to what you live, not what you preach. You know, they're paying attention to what you do. And so you want to be able to preach what you're able to do. Preach what you're able to do. If you're not able to do it, don't preach it. Because somebody's going to be watching you to see if you can do it. I ask God to help us to do what we preach. So we don't be hypocrites. And we don't be saying one thing and doing something else. That's my prayer for everybody that's affiliated with us in ministry. Everybody that's a part of this prayer culture, creating a prayer culture. Any activity that we have going on for God. My prayer is that we be doers of what we say. And not just, you know, you know, saying it and, uh, and not doing it, you know. And so that's the understanding that we have to have. Whether we're singing, whether we're speaking, whether we're praying, whatever we're doing, we need to do it with some understanding. Real simple. If you're talking to God, then tell God what he told you to tell him. You understand that. Put him in remembrance of what he said, you know. A lot of times I see people pray to people when you should be praying to God. I see people a lot of times telling God about the problem instead of telling God what he said he's going to do about it. Sometimes that just tells me they really don't understand. Really don't understand. And not to knock them, but to try to help them. You know, when God says when you pray, pray with understanding. 
he gives us an awesome prayer to pray. You don't understand no other prayer to pray. Pray that the Bible is full of prayers that a lot of the examples in the Bible that we use and quote sometimes that they pray. I use them sometimes. I just put my name in there where their name is at. And I pray what they pray. Works for them, it's going to work for me. Don't reinvent the wheel, you know. You know, because sometimes we'll get into praying to people instead of praying to God. Sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll wear God out with the problem and never get to the answer. I always like to tell him what he said he's going to do. You know, Lord, you say you're a healer. So, I, you know, I, with your stripes, I'm declaring healing. It's real simple. You know, real simple. That's what he wants to hear. That lets them know that you did study his word like a workman who need not be ashamed. Right to divide the word of truth. Showing yourself a clue to God. That's why we do it. You know, because we understand. We're praying with understanding. We're teaching with understanding. We're speaking with understanding. If I'm not understanding it, ask God to give you understanding. He'll give it to you. If he gave you the wisdom, he'll give you the understanding. He will do it because he wants you to be affected with it. Amen. So now let's just take a real quick look. I've got a few scriptures here before we finish. And this is about worldly wisdom. Now, we've been talking about uh, Solomon wisdom. We talked about infinite wisdom. We talked about divine wisdom. And you need to be able to make a contrasting distinction between worldly wisdom. We say it a lot, but I want to give you some scripture to point out to you, and then I'm finished. Uh, the first scripture, and this is talking about worldly wisdom, and we know God said that worldly wisdom, we saw it in the book of 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, verse 19, it said that he said about worldly wisdom, he said that it was foolishness when it was compared to God's wisdom. Okay, so let's take a look at that. Over in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 22, says this, Professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. There's a lot of people out there, even in the, in the ministry, out there in the world, confessing to be wise, but the word of God, Paul said to the Romans here in this letter, are fools. You know, I'm not saying that, that that's what he said, you know, and I think he should know, you know, when you're trying to, you know, use your wisdom and what you think and what you know above what God has said. That is a foolish. And only fools do that according to the word. Thinking you're wise in your own mind, your own understanding. First uh, Corinthians again, the book of First Corinthians again, chapter 1, verse 19. I'm going to repeat it. We, we, we talked about it last night or this morning. It says, but it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. And that's what God is saying right there. Paul is letting us know, you know, God is serious about his wisdom, okay? That worldly wisdom will be destroyed if people try to push that, sell you on that more than they do the wisdom of God, and you're a believer, you're a Christian, and you should know better. We should know better. We should be able to discern between what is right and what is wrong, just like Solomon. And we should apply to our lives, not just to deal with other people, not just to defend the faith, but, you know, to be able to to deal with other people, to answer their concerns, too. That's when I'm accused falsely. Got to defend the faith. Be ready to defend it. Some people ready to die for it. Okay, let's go a little further here in the first book of Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. It says this, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, for it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness, and again the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. God knows that, so we got to trust him. That worldly wisdom is vain. It's vanity. It's empty. It's crafty. That means they got to put a spin on it to make it juice it up and make it sound better than what it really is. 
But see, God don't have to do that. If God says something to you, God will stand by what he says. He'll make it good. You know, It has a permanent and lasting effect on you. In other words, if he say you save, you're saved. I don't care what nobody tell you. If he say you heal, you heal. I don't care what nobody tell you. That ain't always the case when you go to a doctor. People tell you sometimes, man, go see my doctor. Man, that doctor's good. You know, and they, they healed me. And some people take off and go see that doctor thinking that doctor's going to heal them. But there's only one healer. There's only one healer. And when people put people before God, you know, God's jealous. He's got a problem with that. Because he is the healer. He reserved all healing for him. That doctor can treat you. <clears throat> might have been all them people at church that was praying for you when you was on the sick list for you to be healed. Just might. Just saying. But don't give man no credit, okay? Give it all to God. Because he calls it foolishness. You know, he calls it vain. The book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12, again, we're looking at worldly wisdom here compared to God's wisdom. And it says, for our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversations in the world and more abundantly to you, Lord. Okay. Our conversations in the world. In, in other words, it's saying this, okay, is that my conversation, amen, before it can be good for somebody else, I had a I ought to have been the first partaker of it. I ought to have had it work for me before I can go distribute it to somebody else. In other words, minister to yourself before you minister to anybody else. See if it works for you. I apply this wisdom. I apply this to these examples that I see. I test him. I try him. I, I, I try to prove God with him. That's what he wants to do. And he hasn't failed us yet. He has not failed us yet. You know. And so be first partaker. Don't be like Solomon. Solomon went, man, and decided, got the wisdom from God, decided in the situation with the two with the two uh, uh, harlots. Good decision. Well-informed decision. You know, ruled on their behalf. He made the right choice. But the man has 700 wives to be in a concubine. 750 wives to be in a concubine. All kinds of systems of worship he had to, he had to hear too. You know. And when Bathsheba came looking for him, we learned that last night. I mean this morning. When she came looking for him, she came looking for him because she wanted to know how was he able to accumulate so much wealth and such a reputation. Here, king, rich man. She didn't come there to get the wisdom of God. She came there to get that worldly wisdom to see how she could get rich. He wanted to know what was his secret. She came to get counsel from him. Bought him gifts. He wanted some of that wealth. She wanted some of that notoriety. She wanted, to, she wanted him to break her off a piece of that. He came there seeking worldly wisdom. And she bought barren gifts, man. Trying to bribe him like a lot of people. They know you got to listen They try to bribe you. But that's the danger of worldly wisdom. But God said, keep it simple. You know, you can take up it first. If it works for you, now share it with people. Now you become a, 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 you have a word of your testimony, what God did for you. You don't have to say, well, I know he can even if he don't. See, that's not why. Some people say, I not, if he don't never do nothing else for me, stop saying that. But you got to remember, you snap by the words of your mouth. You might not get nothing else done. 
Stop talking about how you hate your job. You wish you had another job because you might lose your job and never get another job. Stop saying you don't like the way you look in the mirror. You are who God created you to be. If you got a problem with it, tell God to help you to change. Because you might end up staying that way. Well, let's go a little further here. Got two more verses. Uh, in the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 23 says this. The book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 23 of the King James Bible says this. Again, now we're talking about worldly wisdom. Here we go. It says, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. I was I was telling somebody, man, I was I, I was my son, maybe my son. I I looked at about ten videos, you know, of a lot of uh, leaders right now, clergy that have gone on, uh, you know, virtual office to do ministry, and I and I'm I was disappointed because a lot of them still begging for cash money, still uh, you know selling the message and all that asking people. But what really disappointed me was their presentation presence. I, I looked at some of these people and and my heart went out to them because some of them were so grossly um, to me. Uh, you could see the health issues that they were having, you know, and, and, and the thing that came out of my mouth, and this is not to put anybody down. I said, this is why I walked, walked, walked five miles this morning. It's because, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to look sick when I'm trying to deliver the word. You know, I don't want to be so big until people looking at me and they're saying, okay, well, if you're telling me what I need to do, you don't care about your health because the scripture says God wants you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. And I'm looking at some of these people. They are massive, you know. And it's hard to look at them because I'm a health guy. You know, I'm a health guy. And it's hard for me to receive what they're saying because I'm looking at them. Some of them even look like they got problems. And I wouldn't even video. I'd just do my voice. Because it's it just, it, you know, I'm saying to myself, obviously there's a spirit of gluttony there. Obviously, man, that they're eating up everything in sight. They might be diabetic. You know, if you can't handle your, your appetite, you can't tell me how to do nothing for God. I'm just being honest. If you can't take the word of God and apply the word of God to get control of your appetite, how you going to minister to me, man, about salvation? And I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just simply saying the church cannot have the sickest people. You got to get a control of this thing, man. We can't be the sickest people, the ministers, the pastors. And we look like it. It's hard for me to just sit there. I want to call some of them and say, look, man, you want to go walking? You want to do something? I can give you a diet plan? It's sickening. It's making, it'll make somebody sick just to see how sick you look. And I'm, I'm telling you because, you know, it, it, you know, get control of that. That is the spirit of gluttony. You can blame it on what you want to blame it on, but I'm here to tell you what the scriptures say. And it's unwise. It's unwise. It makes it a lot better when, when, when people listen to you, when they can see you looking like what you're preaching. The Lord said in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that I would have prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. 
So feed your soul the word of God and resist some of that appetite. Pass up some of that fast food. Get rid of some of them carbs. Get off that sugar. Put away them sugary sodas. Drink some water. Get yourself on a diet. Some of you breathing hard, sweating on your on your on your podcast. Turns me off. I'm gonna be honest with you. And you need to get a handle on that situation. You can put a suit on it all you want to. About the button, about to pop off your jacket. It's unfair. It's unfair for you to wear that title. You know, what kind of example are you being? Stephen was an example. People need examples. They need model men and women. Not only what you come out of your mouth, but what you, your appearance is important. So my prayer goes out for you. My last scripture is in the book of, uh, he said, satisfying the flesh. He said, I just finished. He said, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Hey! Look at the book of James, chapter 3, verse 15. It says, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly and sensual and devilish. I want to conclude with that right there. That's that worldly wisdom. It didn't come from God to tell you you can you can you know just throw yourself away like that. Didn't come from God, and you ain't sinning against God, but you're sinning against your health. You're violating, you're breaking health laws, and it leads to sickness, leads to diabetes, it leads to high blood pressure, leads to other things, and it cuts off the longevity of your life. I'm here to tell you, I know for a fact. I'm speaking from personal experience. And so I'm warning you out there. You know, if you're doing it, stop. Get yourself together. Go walk it. Drink some water. Do something. So I'm going to end right there. Amen. Amen. Worldly wisdom just not going to cut it. You know, we need God's divine wisdom. All of it, not some of it. We can't be selective. Love it, I wish above all things that I would have prospered and be in health. You cast out with good. You you stated three times on your little on your little page. But God said I want you to prosper and be in health too. As your soul prospers. And that's the wisdom that comes down from God. Not from the flesh. You read that verse one more time. The book of Colossians chapter 2 verse 23. That which things have indeed uh, a show of wisdom. Looks like it. Sounds like it. And we'll worship. Yeah, we worship. We'll say in a minute. I don't have the copyright to this music. In humility. And neglecting of the body. In neglecting of the body. In neglecting of the body. I don't care how wise you tell me you are. I'm sitting here looking at you. And you taking up the whole screen. Not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Craving stuff, you know, just stuffing yourself with stuff. Uncomfortable on the podcast. Nobody did it. The book of James, chapter 3, verse 15. Look at what he said. This kind of wisdom descended not from above. God didn't tell you to end up like that. But it's earthly and sensual and devilish. I didn't say it, but that's what really wisdom will do to you. It'll tell you it's okay, you're on me. And 
stay away from them all you can eat buffet. That's unwise. It's because they tell you, man, you can eat everything in there for seven dollars. Don't mean you have to go in there, man, and, and eat everything. So that's worldly. That's worldly wisdom. You know, we need some godly wisdom. All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. I'm going to end right there. This was not to offend anybody. I just wanted you to see. You know, I'm cutting it straight, y'all. I studied to show myself approved unto God. You know, book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. And I'm, I'm released in my spirit. You're going to ridicule me, persecute me anyway. But that's why I started with Timothy, a good example. I ain't mad at you. You can't, you can't, you can't kill a dead man. I'm dead to all this, all of the things that you say about me, the accusation. I'm just cutting it straight because I'm concerned about what we're becoming as a body of believers, as leaders. We can do better than this. We can do better than this. And if you need some guidance and some counseling on it, I'm a health guy. My wife's a health person. Pastor Eric, Pastor Phoebe, we, we can help you out. We can help you out. Get in touch with us. We've learned some things. We're willing to share them. All right, then. We'll praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm praying for you. Amen.